Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. This is Alex Albisu. I am your host, and this is episode 19. As always, you can go back to thedadchronicle.com to listen to all previous episodes. And if you'd ever like to reach out to us here at the show, you can email the Dad Chronicle podcast at gmail.com. Now, in typical The Dad Chronicle fashion, we have another dad here to talk about everything fatherhood. This is an old buddy of mine. Um, this is Justin, also known as Airbuck, um, on uh, in in the AIE Guild in uh, World of Warcraft, where we met. Say hello, Justin. What's up, Alex or Cross? Yeah, as that, I call you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so Justin and I have been, dude. How long have we been gaming together? Four years. It's been yeah. It's got to be at least four years. Something I think it's like four that. years, because it was middle of uh, Siege of Okramar. That's right. Yeah, so middle of uh, Mr. Pandario. Yeah, we met in World of Warcraft. Um, I started up a raid team in World of Warcraft called Filthy Casuals, and uh, and we have been raiding for a very long time. And uh, we became good friends. You helped me run the team. I, I owe you a lot, and and uh, thanks for that. And not only are you a fellow raid member on the team, but you are also a dad. Um, and a fellow geek, a, an author, you, you do some writing, right? Um, so a little bit of writing and, and then I pay the bills teaching that that's right. And you're a teacher. So I think that that's a, um, it's really interesting perspective, especially on fatherhood. And I, and I was dying to get you on the show. So, um, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself kind of beyond that, uh, introduce us to, um, your kids, your wife and your experience with fatherhood so far. Um, I have two kids. I have a son who is a very precocious uh, nine years old. Nine? Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine. Um, <laughs> it, they just blend together at that point. Um, no, he's he's nine. He's a very precocious nine. Um, so he's starting the fourth grade this year. Uh, I'm exceptionally proud of him. Uh, he is way smarter than I am. So that's awesome. Uh, he, he definitely got his mommy's genes there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm fairly intellectual, but I'm not that intellectual. Uh, so yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a handful because, you know, as a fourth grader, he's got like a seventh or eighth grade reading level. And so we have to push him farther than the normal education system will push him because, you know, they're just not built for that. Um, and then on the flip side, my daughter is six. She just turned six. She had a lovely birthday in Disney World. Uh, if you could do that for your child, I will tell you, um, man, they make them feel like a princess for the day. Oh, Actually, I they love made that. them feel like a princess for the whole week. Man, so, I, uh, I would totally do that. And right now, like, Aria is going to listen to this in about you know three years and be like okay dad so like are we gonna do this or what and i'm gonna be like god damn it justin <laughs> I, I would say i would say be careful about like three or four yeah but that six through ten age that is just the cherry zone where you know everything makes it more special oh so, that's so um, cool yeah. that so is she so just cool. turned six in june and we uh had a big family with 14 of us go down to disney world and it, it definitely made it a birthday to remember um, what is what, what was your first experiences as a father like um, when Tyson was born? One of the cool things about like our, our situation was my wife was working an off schedule for me. I mean, as a teacher, I'm pretty static Monday through Friday. And I'll be honest, I was football coaching. So it was actually Sunday through Sunday. But I was technically off on Saturday and Sunday. Um, but she was working Tuesday through Saturday. 
And so Saturdays were my day. And so when he was really little, I mean, I would just put him in the carrier and he would come to school with me and I'd sit there and break down film and he'd be in his carrier or I'd have him on my lap as I'm breaking down film at a computer. Um, But it was a great situation because, you know, the team that he was their mascot, they loved him. Um, And then it was really neat when track season rolled around. He's a November birthday. Um, when track season rolled around, uh, I can just I remember one of my fondest memories of him as a baby was going to track meets on Saturdays and him being in his little baby Bjorn in front of me sleeping or playing or whatever. And I'm coaching. I mean, I'm coaching track. You got to put your, you know, shot put. You got to get your elbow up and I'm demonstrating and I have this, you know. 20 pound baby <laughs> attached to me. Um, but it was, it was really fun. Um, yeah. it was, I just, you know, I'd sit there and I'd have this baby and I'd be, I'd be like, you know, rocking him to sleep as I'm coaching and the kids loved it and yeah. he loved it. And it was just, it's a great way to grow up. So as a, as an elementary school kid, you ever try to throw him in the baby born and try to do a shock put with him in there now? Uh, no, I do. <laughs> I do. They they both get airtime. We have a pool down here. It's Texas. It's hot as hell. Yeah. Um, sorry, um, hot as Hades. And uh, yeah. I, they they both uh, they both uh, get airtime in the pool. Oh, we we call it. it baby blast off. And I know they're not babies anymore, but they'll always be babies. That's right. Now, what was it like with your with your daughter when when she was born? Um, she's a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Why was she challenging? Um. She was more high maintenance, to be honest. Why? Because she's um, like, you know, a girl and your daddy's a little girl. And then she just asks for a car and you're like, OK, here you go. Because that's how I am. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, she. I mean, yeah. Uh, Kalina was a little bit different, though, because Tyson was born. Tyson was 37 weeks, 38 weeks. I mean, he was pretty much he was a little bit early, but he was pretty much on time. Um, and so he everything checked out. Kalina was actually born at 34 weeks. And so she's technically classified as a preemie. Mm. Um, she had to spend, you know, four or five days in the hospital. Um, I mean, they said, oh, she's a fine. She's perfectly normal. And they the, the NICU nurses loved her because they're used to, you know, babies that are the size of your hand that you can't touch. And here's a baby you get to feed and you get to burp and you get to, you know, and so they loved her. But she had to stay in the NICU, and uh, I have a great picture of her. Um, I call it her Jesus on the cross pose. Uh, we're sitting, getting her some vitamin D to take care of the jaundice, and she's sitting there splayed out, arms <laughs> wide on my stomach. It's great. Great picture. I've seen that, that. Okay, all right. I've seen that picture. I know exactly what you're talking about. But, but you know, that kind of, you know, where, where she was six pounds. Yeah. Like Tyson came out, and he was sturdy. I mean, he was like eight pounds, but he was yeah. sturdy. Yeah. She was six pounds and she was frail. Yeah. And so it's just that kind of like, okay, this one I got to be kind of gentle with. Cause... Yeah. What was that like? I mean, you know, ta- I've talked to some parents who have the, um, who have a preemie, uh, you know, quote unquote, I have I, different ends of the spectrum when you talk about preemie, but what was that like for you? I mean, was that a lot of stress for you guys? Not really because she was normal. Okay. But like the fact that it was four days in the hospital, you know, the fact that it was, you know, like it was right there kind of towards the end of the year, June, we're, we're getting out of school. Um, I actually had to go to a training in um, Cedar Rapids, 
Michigan. Okay. Uh, like it was like a week after she was born. And so like that, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life was leave my week old baby. And like, I'd go back to my room, all the, I mean, public service announcement when it's the summer and teachers are at trainings after five o'clock when we're not learning, um, teachers go out and do things like, Oh, I don't know, imbibe cerveza and, uh, <laughs> and have a good time. Yeah. Um, it, it's a high stress job. And so, um, I remember like all, all my, my, my pals are going out and I'm like, I'm going to go home. Yeah. And you know, yes. Steph would just like we'd Skype and she'd just put, you know, the, the, the iPad up in front of the baby. And I would just sit there for an hour watching the baby. And it, it ended up being like, I think uh, we were supposed to go home on Thursday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy myself an early birthday present. I told my director, I was like, you know, I'm learning a lot. You guys are great, but I'm going to go home. Yeah. I just, I, I, I need to be there with my baby. That's and right. So, uh, I did. I went yeah. home. That, that's so important. You know, I think we, so Deanna and I went to New Orleans for we were uh, really lucky to have my mother-in-law watch Aria as we went um, and had like just like a long weekend in New Orleans, just the two of us where we, um, you know, just enjoyed time away from the some of the craziness. And um, it was it was very awesome but man i couldn't help but just be like dude i miss my kid i miss her and like we were only gone for like i don't know two three nights at most like that's hard for us um i want to say until tyson was three until we moved down to texas i think we had one date where somebody other than one of us was responsible for our child oh wow um you know, there was one time my godson was a great kid. Love him to death. Uh, he he begged me. He's like, can we can we watch Tyson? Can we watch Tyson? And so I think he was two and and we let him watch Tyson. But for the most part, you know, it was if we were going to do something, we did it. The three of us. If if we're going to go to a movie, we're going to go to a movie that he's not going to get freaked out. in, or we're going to go, you know, he's going to be asleep. Yeah. You know, and 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 so um, but, you know, it, to us, it was always, you know, I'm going to go with him or you're going to go with him or we're going to all go or we're not going to go. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of a homebody anyway, so not a big deal. But, um, you know, it, it that's that's part of it is is being there. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, it's just, and you, you're not missing them, man. Like we would FaceTime with my mother in law and, you know, she'd be like, oh, look at the people in the they, they look kind of familiar and the people in the box. And then we get back. Be like, oh my god, the people in the box are like real people. It was kind of interesting, um, and she was she she almost remembered us as soon as we walked in the door. It was it was very interesting, you know, being sub two months old. You know, at that point, it was interesting. Well, it's interesting because I went to Nashville this year for another teaching seminar, and um, even that, you know, when I came home, I was like, I was only gone for four days, guys, and but it was like, but you know, that presence of yep. you know you're always there. And, you know, for me, you know, at, you know, a fairly large individual, I will not say, um, I'm fat, uh, but <laughs> no. you know, th there's that kind of protective, like daddy will take care of anything. Yeah. You know, if there's something bad that goes on, daddy will take care of it. Justin's um, a big boy. So, he, you're, you're a, you used to play football. You were, you're, and you still do, don't yes. you coach football now? Right. right? I don't. No? I, I, I stopped coaching when I moved to Texas. I know okay. ir irony 
you're supposed to like go to Texas for football. That's but what I, I kind of I stopped when I when I when I moved down here. But I I mean that's another point. Uh, like when I was coaching football, those were 70, 75 hour work weeks. Yeah. And so like when when dollars made sense and I could spend more time, you know, being dad and you know, having hobbies and, and, you know, focusing on my career as an educator. I mean, that, that the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. I mean, you know, I think, I think that what is really interesting in your case is that you are an active part in molding young minds, no matter how scary that is to me, I give you a hard time because I know you, um, but you know, I think what's also really cool is just seeing your dedication and love of being a father. How how do those two things kind of mesh? I mean, in a way, I almost imagine teachers being, you know, like you guys end up having a bond with the kids that you teach, right? Well, and and where I teach in particular, um, I, I teach in an inner city school, uh, mm-hmm. so we're a Title One school. Ninety nine point eight percent of our students qualify for free or reduced lunch, um, and, and it is fairly rare to get dual parent households. You have a lot of single parents. Right. You have, I mean, dad or mom. I mean, it, it's not one way or the other, but but so much of what we have to do is kind of being that role model. Um, and I actually find it that it's more for young ladies. I actually just graduated a great group of young, young ladies. They were in my AP lit class. And I, we had days where like, for whatever reason, the basketball team was out, the track team was out and I'd be sitting there and I'd have six of them and it's me and six girls. And, you know, they're talking about their boyfriends and they're talking about their this and that, and they're dating idiots. Mm-hmm. And, I let them know that you're dating an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Buckner. Um, <laughs> but I say, you know, no, this is why. And, you know, like I and I go back to like I use myself as the example. And I was like, you know, my wife and I have been together now for 18 years. Right. Uh, you know, and, and we've been married for 14. And when we say till death do us part, that's what we mean. Um, and there's no problem too big as long as you're willing to work and as long as you're willing to give. And it's really the same way, but giving them that kind of role model. Yeah. Because in their situation, a lot of them don't have that. They, they um, never, that that's never been anything that they're familiar with, the idea of death do us part. That's not. Well, and it, for another great example, I have a, a young man who. He found out in in June that he was going to be a father, and his original plan was he was going to go to a uh, um, one of the historically black colleges and be in their band and do all this stuff. And and I tell you what, I was like that that's a boy that God touched because he told me he's like I was like so what's the plan now? He's like I already talked to the recruiter. The Air Force has already accepted me. I'm doing this. We're getting married wow. July first, and I was like. Dude, you rock on. That's just, I mean, because wow. that's he's going to be there for his children's lives. That that is a tremendous amount of of maturity right there. That's incredible, mm-hmm. man. And so and so, but that's what we do is we ha- we have to provide, and it's not just me. It's me and and you know, twenty or thirty other you know father figures on this campus that right. are providing that kind of 
this is what it means to be a man. Yeah. Um, because I, I, honestly, my opinion is this is the number one role that we have. Yes, you are a provider. Yes, you are, uh, you know, you handle the, the kind of the, the heavy work, the heavy lifting. Um, but at the end of the day, my job is to show my son what it means to be a man. You know, when he when he's ready to be a husband, what it means to be a husband. And, and I take that duty sacred. I mean, yeah. that's it doesn't get any more serious than that. So what what does it mean to you? What, what if you were to say if, you know, you are a father, you are a husband, what uh, what does that mean to you? Well, and I get my definition from my father. Because, yeah. again, we, we talked about, you know, a little bit about, you know, where your influence and and I love my father. Um, he is uh, he's a few bricks short of a load at this point. <laughs> but I, I just he 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 and my mom have been together, I think, 40 years now. Wow. Good for them. My God. And God so, um, you know, I have an older brother. No, I, they've been together for 40 years. They've been together probably 41 because my brother is 40 uh, this Jeez, year. Wow. And so, um, but, you know, when you talk about you're one and you're only and, and God put someone on earth for you and that's who my mom is to him. And he's like, you know, I may be an idiot, but I'm not dumb enough to screw that up. Yeah, that's and, that's right. And I look at my wife and I'm like, I may be an idiot, but I'm not dumb enough to screw that up. <laughs> Amen to that. I could I could so, echo that. So, you know, I, you make it work and, and you show, you know, like my, my kids both know that the quickest way to trigger pops, the quickest way to trigger me is to be disrespectful to your mom, because you all know what she does for you. You yep. all know that your, your little narrow behind would not be here if it weren't for her. That's right. Yeah. That so like tomorrow exactly morning, right. she's going to be up at six o'clock to get him out so he can go do his swim meet. <laughs> he he would not be going to that swim meet if it were up to dad. Yeah, because six o'clock is early. It is early, early, man. Oh my god, that. we've been we've been taking Aria to um like little swim lessons that uh, that they do at like three months old, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean you know it's at like eight twenty, but you know you got to wake up and you got it, it's like it's like an ordeal. I mean you know it's an ordeal when you have a newborn, and so yeah, you well, get to get them out the house. Yeah, yeah you have to. Have the, this, 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 this. And then um, take half the my, house my, with you. My my wife is is a over preparator. She she laughs at me because we went to Boy Scout camp and Tyson's first time at Boy Scout camp this summer, and about half the stuff we brought we didn't use. Oh really? <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I mean, we didn't have time. They're like, you know what?" To, nth degree but you know hey be prepared bingo All right so amen I'm, I'm an eagle scout we're gonna be prepared yep um we didn't need it but if we did i would have it you had it um but you know it's funny because she's laughing at me now but nine years ago she was like do you have this do you have this why am i gonna need their diaper rash cream that is <laughs> antibiotic because I have the other stuff. Or yeah. Why do I need the other stuff if I have? Well, one is for this and one is for. Th- okay. <laughs> but they, they always know best. That's the thing about our wives is like they they think ahead of the crap that we don't think of. You know. Oh, 
you couldn't pay me enough to think about that. You put I, it on the list, I'll get it. Yeah, like uh, Deanna mentions things. I'm like, well, shoot, I had didn't even think of that one. All right, well, kudos to you. I'm to throw it in the bag. So I, yeah, I don't know what I would do without her. It's really incredible. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, I think that it, it's definitely a really wonderful perspective that you have. Um, I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your dad like what sort of you you know you mentioned very briefly the sort of impact that he had um what was it like being a kid and kind of using your dad as a role model and how you approach fatherhood well you know the my dad's a big guy too um and, and so there are there are a couple things that stood out to me number one um he did have some limitations. Um, if there's one thing that my parents gave me, it's this love for education. I'm a teacher because of them. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, not to put their business out there too far, but you know, they didn't, they didn't come from a well-off environment. You know, there, there were, there were some years that were pretty lean. Um, I, I, I can reflect now and say like, I make more now myself than they did together when I was growing up. Yeah. And so from a financial standpoint, um, really instilling in that if if you don't like where the dollars make sense at the end of the month, the only way to guarantee yourself that you move beyond that is to out-educate the generation that came before you. And so my mom and dad both had a semester of, of uh, college and so I, I put it in my head, you know what, I want to be the first person in our family to start at a four-year school and graduate from a four-year school. And so I was, um, awesome. you know, I, I had the opportunity to go and play football. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was pretty cool, but without that kind of, I'm, it, it's not even a question. I'm going to college. Yeah. Um, and, and that came from my father. Um, he, he was the one who really, you know, kind of hit that, you know, if you don't like what you see here, the only way for you to beat that would be to make sure that you are way more educated than both mom and myself. And so that, that was part of it. Um, in terms of like an unwavering belief, um, he, he didn't necessarily always think I was going to be successful, but you know, when, when you instill that kind of I want you to at least try mm-hmm. and I mean, win, fail, whatever, as long as the effort's there. Yeah. You, you have my support. Yeah. He didn't hold you to an, an outstandingly high standard. He, he felt the, that you had what it took. And if you truly applied yourself, it would be, uh, you would come out on top in other words. And so, and, but the other thing he did was he, put me in position to be successful yeah. most of the time. Um, <laughs> he, uh, they, uh, they actually growing up, I wasn't big to start with. I was, uh, small and round and then I sprouted up. Um, and so seventh grade, he, he, uh, put me, he's like, I want you to wrestle. I was like, but I want to play football. He's like, I'm not going to let you play football. I want you to wrestle. Hmm. And so, so Okay, I go wrestle, and I got my butt whooped. Oh, I got my butt whooped. But I, I, I now look back and I see, um, why 
why did he do that? Well, he did it because I wasn't emotionally ready. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I see some of that in Tyson because Tyson, he'll, um, he's a swimmer and he's a pretty good swimmer, but when things don't go well, he has a tendency to kind of lose it emotionally. He's not emotionally enough, mature enough. And so my experience with my dad dealing with me has now kind of given me the ability to deal with him. Um, and so like, he knows that (laughs) win, lose or draw. I love you still. And, you know, we always talk about you're competing against yourself. I just want you to swim really hard at the same time. He's setting these, quasi unrealistic goals for himself. And I have to kind of back off the ledge. That's right. The ledge. That's right. But because I know that, you know, number one, Hey, set high goals, set high goals, but set realistic goals. Because if you set these really high goals, you have no chance of making, and then you don't make them. Mm -hmm. And then you have a conniption fit because you didn't. That that's more of a failure on our part, not kind of not pulling you back just a little bit and grounding you in reality. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's it's really important to be there for your kid to, you know, you know, empower them. But also, I think I think you hit a nail on the head where, you know, you kind of know where they're at better than what they know they're at at some point. So setting them up for success is really important. I love that point. We always talk about like when do stu- when do when do students in this case your kids become meta when do they, when do they have the ability to 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 really practice metacognition and 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 meta awareness and uh-huh. and really see where they're at in the world and let's be honest it's probably not until they're our age yeah yeah that's really true i mean that's a good point and so it, how are you expecting them to set goals without feedback when they don't even know where they are in reality. Exactly. Um, It's real interesting. I see it with students all the time because you have students who say, well, I'm going to the NFL. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you even start for our varsity team? Uh, Yeah. I, you know, I, no, I don't start, but I'm going to the NFL. I was like, you realize it's like 1% of all high school players play in college. And then it's like, 1% 1% of them that I'm going to the NFL. You just crushing my dreams. You know, I, I think, I think it's very short sighted for kids when they just assume, you know, I think they look at the NFL and they see just this, um, like a big dollar figure, especially when it goes to the NFL and they don't really think it's very short sighted in that regard. They don't think about the work that has to go into it. All the hard work that goes, especially into college, well, um, and I, like I think they don't they don't recognize the fact that I mean I always equate it to like that's winning the lottery. Um, that too, yeah. One thing I'm I'm you know I I love my little nine year old again. Um, he's like I want to one day I want to I want to swim in college. I was like great buddy. He's like I was like so what what's the what's the backup plan? And he's like I want to be a marine biologist. He's nice. like you know what I want to be a marine biologist regardless. And if I get to swim in college, that'd be cool too. But I want to be a marine biologist, and I'm like, hey, cool. You can't, you can't, you can't go wrong there. Yeah. Um, because he's already thinking about what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, now I got to work on the other one because she wants to be a princess doctor. <laughs> well, good. You know what? And and God bless her. Let her let her be a princess doctor. Okay. 
get yeah. princess in front of that phd and whatever and, and and you know they're just falling after their dad who's who's you know being an author over here you've got your own um kind of ambitions even beyond just doing uh beyond teaching um how's the book situation going you know you you've released a book on amazon and now you've got another book kind of in the works is that right well, it kind of leads us to our next, you know, the, the next you were, you were talking about, you know, offering some sage advice. And, yeah. and I do have a second book and it's 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 1% done, um, <laughs> but it's been 1% done for about nine months, maybe 10 months. But you know what? If, if I remember a conversation that we had years ago, uh, it, it was that was the same conversation that we had about book number one. Isn't that fair? Well, no, book number one, I had more time because okay. book number one came right after my master's degree when I found myself, you know, my wife is really cool. Um, while I was finishing my master's, uh, my last semester, which was supposed to be the hardest dissertation, all that nonsense crap. Um, she was like, you know what? I'm going to program the kids. I'm going to give you Saturday morning. Uh, you will have the house to yourself for a good six hours. And so she had it scheduled that way, August through December. Well, they were having so much fun. She was like, you know, we're just going to continue on. We'll do this till the, for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And so I had that Saturday morning window every week that I could write. Yeah. Um, and so that was that's how book number one got written. Nice. Because uh, I had all this time that I was using for my master's that now I wasn't using for anything. So I was like, hey, DDD. Um, but, you know, when you talk about like what advice do I have? Yeah. Uh, the piece of advice I got from one of my college coaches, um, they were talking about how to be successful in college. Mm -hmm. And the idea was, you know, stay true to your priorities. And, and he put up five fingers and he said, your first priority is your faith. You know, whatever you consider to be what makes you you, your morals, your integrity, um, what you believe in. Mm -hmm. and, and that's your first priority. Because if you don't stay true to that, if you let other things come over that, then, you know, you don't have integrity as a man. He's like, your second priority is your family. Because without them, you're not here. And, and he made a point to really make sure we as young men understood that girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, whatever, that that's not quite family yet. You know, you're talking blood. You're talking the people that you are responsible for and are responsible for you. Um, cause even that best friend that you have, that is like a brother, mm -hmm. not your brother. Yep. Exactly. Um, the third is school or in this case, your professional work. Um, because you know, it, we were there to go to school. I went to a division three school. So, you know, football was important, but I was there to get an education. Um, you know, young kids today, they, they need to go to school to go to school. Mm -hmm. I need to go to work to go to work. Mm -hmm. And so that's gotta be a priority. Mm -hmm. And then fourth is those commitments. Um, so for me, I teach youth group. That's a commitment. Um, I have to give them that. I, I put my name on the piece of paper that said I would do this. Um, I'm much more active now in Tyson scouting because I volunteered for some things. Um, and so I put my name on that piece of paper that's saying I'm going to be involved. Um, 
this was where in college they said football comes mm -hmm. because you wouldn't be at this school if we didn't say we wanted you for mm -hmm. a good portion of you. Um, but, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Yep. And then that last is that social group. And those are your friends. Those are the parties, the all that other stuff. And then this is what made life a lot easier for me. And it makes life easier for some of the students I work with. Mm -hmm. Anytime one of those things jumps the track, your priorities are out of whack. Yeah. So when you cheat, you're putting school success ahead of your integrity. Your priorities are out of whack. Right. Um, I found it with our, our Tuesday night raid um, because Tuesday night's Cub Scout night. Yeah. I, I was continually that that balance between, you know, I, I gave my commitment that I would be here in Cub Scouts, but then I also gave my commitment that I would be, but which one is, you know, where does that priority lie? Well, well I was more social than Cub Scouts. Yep. So, you know, one's got to go or yep. one's got to take a back seat. That's right. And so, and so it, it makes that decision that's really hard, much more simple. Yep. You know, yep. when you find as a, as a father, when you find that you're putting things ahead of the well-being of your kids, your priorities are out of whack. Absolutely. Uh, when you when you find that you're putting things ahead of work, priorities are whack. When when you find that you're making trade-offs on your name and your integrity, you're taking shortcuts. Your priorities are out of whack. And mm -hmm. so that that to me is something that I try to live by. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a great way to make decisions. Those hard decisions become a lot more clear when you kind of can put them in a lane and say, this is the lane. Yeah. Something's got to go. Something's got to give. That is very insightful. I think that that is some really awesome advice for dads to live by. I think, you know, when um, when you're in a situation, I, you know, and I can speak similar to mine, you know, where the past three months have been you know, some of the best of my life, but at the same time, here we are, it's this culture shock. I I'm, um, I've got a three month old and I had all these other things that I was involved with. Um, you know, I had to leave the band that I was in. I used to play a band and we would go play, you know, bar gigs, you know, um, very pretty regularly. And, and I just had to take a step back from that. And, you know, there's a, uh, a certain level of reprioritization that happens that is, but I think the framework that you provided is is really important um, to consider because it helps frame out how e there, even though that there may be multiple things, you almost classify each thing within you know a certain level of prioritization, and that helps you figure out where should I be. I think that 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 hit the nail right on the head. I love that. Thank you for providing that. That's really good. Uh, I'll actually give credit to Jay Losey, who is my head football coach at Linfield College, um, where they've been making men since before time began. <laughs> like love it, nineteen hundred something. Love it, man. Love it, love it. Well, you know, I do want to give an opportunity for you to kind of talk a little bit specifically about your book. You know, we we've mentioned it on Geek Thirty. Um, where you you were a guest. Um, do you want to kind of give a quick plug for your book? It's on Amazon. I'm going to be quite honest with you. It is just a good old-fashioned fiction um, kind of spy espionage. Thriller. It's fun though. Uh, it's it's fun. a fun. Yeah, it's yeah, a fun. It's, fun. it's a. 
I call it a candy read. It is. It, it, I've been told that I write. It's they're like the story is really good, but there are some vocab words. I'm like, you mean like it was written by an English teacher? And they're like, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And so there, there are some big words. Um, you might need a dictionary for some of it, but it, no, it's just fun. It is a fun read. Um, Jordan Banks, Origin of the Spy. It's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It is available in both digital and print. Um, I don't make any money. Hardly. No. So it's not it's not about that. It's about having a good story. And uh, eventually there will be a sequel. Uh, I have a three story arc in my head. I have that, some of it on paper um, so I don't forget it. But, um, you know, it busy. Yeah. <laughs> busy life. And so it's good, I, though, I, man. I put, I put writing as that it's actually a sixth category in my priority list. <laughs> and so I. <laughs> I can't give too much time to it, or else you know, I know you got you got to give priorities out of whack. That's right. You got to give a little bit of time for your own passions, for your own uh, for your own personal sanity, right? So, um, you know, I love the opportunity to support anything that you do, and um, and thanks for being on the show, man. This has been it's been a really great conversation. I've always appreciated your your kind of outlook on on fatherhood, and you know, you've always been a good friend over the past four years. So, uh, thanks for taking the time. And and just remember, they bounce. They bounce. Kids bounce. Kids bounce. Kids bounce. Oh, oh. So like when I dropped her that one time, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, Tyson took one or two tumbles off the couch, and he's. <laughs> I mean, he he reads four grade levels above and does fifth grade math. So. Oh, so the trick I'm, is I'm, to bounce them, and then they'll start reading better. Uh, no, don't don't do oh, that. Oh, don't do don't that. Do that. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll have to remind Deanna. Maybe she maybe she forgets, but. Um, thank you, man. I really appreciate you being on the show, and you know, again, if you. Um, you know, want to go back and listen to other shows? Uh, the the website is www.thedadchronicle.com. And again, email us if you'd like to chime in on the conversation. It's the Dad Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com. Again, our guest today has been Justin Buckner. Justin, thank you for being on the show, my man. Thanks for having me, man. Always All good right. to chat. Absolutely. Take care. If you like this show, Check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.